0: So I got a comment on a recent video on universal design uh, from my TikTok channel. And if you're not following me on TikTok, you should check it out. Um, It's kind of the same content here, but since I only got three minutes to do it, it's a lot quicker paced. So if you're uh, enjoying this, but you want something in a little bit more bite-sized package, check out my TikTok channel. But the comment basically came down to uh, that you can't design a staircase in any way, shape or form that is more or less usable for uh, a woman or someone of a racial or ethnic minority group. And this comment was just made in very bad faith. It, they basically took uh, a, a not a random example, but an, a very extreme example uh, and tried to uh, kind of devalue or undermine the value of what universal design is. And of course, it, it kind of silly because uh, the commenter uh, was commenting on a video where I hadn't even mentioned anything about staircases. And of course, when we talk about universal design, staircases, Staircases and providing alternative means of uh, going up and down a building are really important for someone who might use a wheelchair. But the, the now or the uh, application to gender or race it doesn't really uh, make any sense. Uh, now there are aspects of of architecture and uh, creating a building or a built environment that do apply to gender and race or are at least Uh, related to gender and race. And two things uh, that came to the top of my head were um, rooms uh, for people who are lactating uh, to pump breast milk. So that's right off the bat something that we could think about when it comes to issues around gender and how we design the buildings and uh, the built environment. The other issue that focuses a little bit more or is related to race would be something like prayer rooms where people could go and they could have a silent moment to themselves and they could pray. So, yeah, um, maybe staircases do or do not. I mean, I could, I'm could. i not an architect, so I couldn't even say whether or not this is a, a legit kind of opportunity to think about universal design. But I will say there are certainly examples in the built environment that deal with gender, and race that are a universal design or are a way of applying universal design in new and different ways. And so I I want us to think about universal design not in those kind of extreme use cases that are probably not relevant to understanding and identifying barriers that people might experience participating in whatever aspect of society. I want us to focus more on, un- on illuminating those barriers where they legitimately exist. And one area, I think, in terms of technology that we can pick apart is the design of speech t- to uh, or voice recognition systems. So think here about like uh, Amazon's Echo or a uh, Siri. Or uh, the Google Home, for example, where we speak to the device, the device recognizes our voice, and then it does some sort of command, it performs some sort of action. Uh, these technologies are well known to work more effectively with men's voices, and if we could even say further that men's voices speaking English without an accent, then for women's voices. For people who are not speaking English or people who are not or are speaking English but with an accent or even a speech impediment. So that's a great example of the ways in which technology, uh, ways in which technologies are designed can affect the experiences of someone who comes from a, a, a disadvantaged or a marginalized group. So we don't need to kind of focus in on parts of society that aren't relevant to designing uh, for uh, gender inclusion or racial inclusion. We need to focus in on parts of society that are being designed in a way that excludes marginalized groups. And I think the other uh, place that I would really uh, hone in on here is looking at aspects of Government and the ways in which government provides services to individuals. Now, this could be health services and understanding the uh, relationship between population. Uh, gender identities and the spectrums that that comes with it and providing health services online for a broader spectrum of gender identities. It could have to do with, uh, for example, people who want to adopt a child. And if you're going onto a website to apply for a child adoption, but it doesn't provide uh, the right Uh, set of parameters for your family, whether that's uh, someone who's in a same-sex relationship or someone who's in uh, any other variation of a blended relationship. If these interfaces aren't providing those options for you, then they are excluding you. By definition, your identity is not represented in the design of those interfaces. So those are sorts of rambly ways of explaining how universal design might apply in areas outside of disability. Um, The other example that comes up a lot is uh, social media. Now, social media is designed in a lot of ways to prioritize, especially when social media started coming out uh, in the early 2000s. uh, It's designed to prioritize anonymity over safety and security. And so we see all the time women and other marginalized groups being harassed, uh, experiencing violence online uh, in a very unsafe place in an unsafe space because of the way those technologies are designed now a lot of social media companies are doing their best to kind of uh, backtrack and try to figure out ways in which they can create safe spaces but it's kind of uh, a little bit too late the cat in a lot of respects is already out of the bag a lot of their business models are wrapped up in exact in preserving the exact kind of issues that people are experiencing online especially marginalized groups so I would go flat out and just say the social media is not designed in a way that is, uh, is, is usable and accessible for marginalized groups as it is for uh, groups in positions of power. Uh, so those, again, are just a few examples. Uh, universal design is a really critical way for us to understand better about how we can create a society where everyone can participate equally.